He built the team and processes to bring in $6 million in new business within his first year. Corey Wagner is our guest today, and he's going to share with us what the most important thing to do for an SDR is, as well as what a good ratio for SDR to account executive should be. We will also speak about what value can you get from having channel sales besides the new business. Corey has had so much to share with us today that we couldn't get it all into one episode and that we really hope that he comes back again for round two. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team. You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. Corey, uh, wonderful to have you with us today. Hey, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. So, you know, I've been looking you over and I see that uh, you were, you've been with Sentage for about a year and a half. And your first year there, I see that you were responsible for building the team, implementing the processes that helped bring in nearly $6 million in new business. Can you, uh, can you start by telling me what your role is at Sentage and, and what you've accomplished? Yeah. So my role here is at Sentage is... Right now, I'm the senior director of sales, but what falls underneath me is all the business development team and the channel sales team. Um, when I first came on, uh, we had around five business development reps, and I was brought in to, to help grow the company. So we increased that from five to 14, and then redid the whole entire channel organization. Um, from one person, we actually added another person to that team and just reconfigured uh, really how we went out and you know approached our partners. Interesting. Okay, and and what are some of the uh, the major changes that you've made there? Um, so when you know when I first came in, there wasn't much process that was going on. Where we had inbound leads, and we were doing a lot of outbounding, so going into certain sites and um, getting leads that way, and then doing a lot of cold calling. So when I came in, I you know helped to build the process to make sure that. A, every inbound lead that came in had a sufficient amount of touches. Um, I'm you know, a big advocate in the fact that you, know, you need to at least you know, reach out you know, 14 to 16 times to actually get somebody to answer the phone. Um, cold calling is, is not an easy job. So it's, you, know, you, you, have to have your, you have to have your due diligence and, and get out there. Um, and then, so I built a process around that and also the process of who we're going after, really segmenting um, all of our different um, uh, verticals and making sure that we're grabbing the right folks, pulling those people in and putting them through a, um, a proper process to make sure we're actually touching everybody the proper amount of times. Can, can you describe that process, the, the process of finding out who you should be tar targeting and uh, who the persona is? Yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, the, um, what I did is, you know, we went and took and it took a look and found out where all our sales came from. What were their verticals? What time of year, you know, where are certain verticals buying over other times of year so we could actually see what kind of seasonality there was to the business. 
Um, from there, we would, you know, see exactly what those companies were like, um, the size of the revenue, how many people were at those particular organizations. And then we would go into, um, we use a tool called ZoomInfo, um, went into ZoomInfo and would really try to slice and dice and find, you know, people that, that worked at companies um, that really fit who we were going after. So we would find those individuals and then um, bring them into our, you know, um, in, into our world and, you know, bring them into our marketing department so we could start to, you know, get, you know, our word out there. And it's really all about education and educating the marketplace. So the organization I work for right now, we have a little niche product. Um, so not many people know that we're, you know, have something that's uh, available to them. So we built a series of emails and a series of, of touches and phone calls to, to really get information out to all of these folks to educate them about our product and how we can help them in their organization. Okay. And the, Educating the market, is that the job of uh, your BDR? Um, Yes and no. So uh, I'm a big advocate of, you know, getting, you know, education out there to the market base no matter what. So we have a marketing department. Um, We have, you know, we have webinars, we have white papers. We do all, you know, all those typical marketing feats um, that, you know, send all those out there, host these webinars. Um, But, you know, a cold call is a cold call. So I'm, I'm, when building this team, I'm not a big fan of actually saying, hey, let's just call up and, and try to sell somebody something. Let's educate them on our product. Let's learn about their processes to see if they're a good fit for us, not you know, not just are we a good fit for them. And that's going to make mm-hmm. um, a better relationship, a better fit. You know, and then if, you know, if that customer is interested and they're a good fit for us, as we are for them, you got to have a longer relationship going forward. And it all starts with, uh, with education, especially if you are in a niche um, area that not many people know that you're around. You have to, you know, show them that, you know, who you are, what you can do, because they might not know that they need your product as of yet, because they haven't thought that way yet. <laughs> they, they all need your products, no? Oh, well, everybody <laughs> needs our, everyone needs our product, but nobody knows that they need it yet. So that's what we're there to be like, hey, you need our product. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. So you have a BDR team that started at five and is now 14. Yep. Let's, first of all, what is BDR and what's the difference between SDR and BDR? I don't think there's actually a, an actual difference. Um, BDR, SDR, business development rep, sales development rep. Um, you know, there's all kinds of, however you want to use your acronyms, you can use your acronyms. Um, I, you know, whether that team rolls up to the sales organization or rolls up to the market organization, uh, that's, you know, there's some great articles out there. It's, it's, it's highly debatable. Um, it, it, it lies on the cusp of sales and marketing. It depends on who has the bandwidth to actually, you know, work with that team, um, help coach that team and, you know, make sure that everything that comes out of it is, is top quality. So what do you guys work under marketing or sales? Work under sales. Okay. And what's, what are the pros and cons to that? Um, I think, you know, I don't find any because we do, you know, even though we say we roll up to the sales organization, you know, we still work heavily with marketing. So we're going back and forth um, because, we, you know, maybe we work, you know, more closely with sales. We have a one to one relationship between our account executives and BDRs um, who handle both inbound and outbound for particular territories. And so we're really building a, you know, two people, an account executive uh, BDR slash SDR, whichever acronym you want, and they're going to own that territory itself. And but we still work closely with marketing for all the inbound that comes in, and we put uh, our input into you know what kind of collateral that we need and all of that. 
Okay. So you, is your BDR team, are they primarily doing outbound or inbound? Primarily we're doing outbound, but we um, that's just because of who we are as, a, as an organization. Um, you know, when I first started, we did have uh, a slice down the middle of an outbound and an inbound team as we were trying to determine what the best fit is for the organization. Every organization is different um, depending on, you know, how much you have coming in from your marketing department, um, how big the sales team is and all of that. Um, so halfway through the, my first year here, we determined that, you know, it would just be better off to have a, a mixed team of outbound and inbound. So meaning there wasn't enough coming in um, from our marketing department to, you know, keep somebody busy for, you know, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. So they could actually do both. And then we could um, have them just work in particular territories and build that one-to-one um, relationship between the AE and BDR. Okay. Well, what is the, uh, the ratio of BDRs to uh, sales executives? So it, it is one-to-one. So we have, um, I think actually right now in 2018, we've increased. So we have 15 BDRs and um, 15 account executives. Wow. Okay. And so they're able to keep the pipeline full enough for the for the sales team. Correct. Yeah, this year we really doubled down on our outbound efforts. Um, as you know, we went through all of last year to really trying to you know get a lot of data, figure out where we needed to to invest in, and um, outbounding is is where it's where it's at for us. Um, making sure that we're we're getting our general message out there and talking to as many people as we can. Um, so it's. We, we mainly do a lot of outbounding and then whatever we get that comes in from our inbound efforts um, goes right to that particular territory. And then the, the BDR or account executive, depending on what piece comes in, if it's a if it's a, um, a webinar that we host ourselves or if it's a contact me from our web page that goes directly to an account executive as more of a hot lead. If it's a webinar um, that we're sponsoring, um, or if it's you know somebody watching a quick tour, something like that, that's when we'll have um, a, a business development rep call out and see you know what kind of questions they might have and try to you know give some more of our collateral, give some more you know help on, onto our product and see what what the customer has of interest and need. Cook them a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Got to warm them <laughs> up. You know, get them ready. So. <laughs> All right. You said uh, earlier in the conversation that you need about 14 to 16 times to reach someone. Uh, is that phone calls or is that phone calls and emails or what? I call it touches. It's And that's both phone calls and emails. So there's a company called Topo that has a lot of, um, there's a lot of um, reporting and, and surveys and things like that out there. And and just even over my you know period of time, it, that's just what it seems to to actually, you know, get the ball rolling, get somebody on the phone to start that conversation. You know, I think you know as sales professionals and you know you know you know you and myself probably get called or emailed a lot during a day. You know, like um, I know I get a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, people trying to you know just. BDRs, SDRs trying to sell me things. And it all depends on what kind of information is getting sent to me um, and what's going to strike me as interest and at a certain time. Timing's a big thing as well. So, you know, yeah, it's going to take some time over a period of time. So it might be 14 touches and it might that might be over 25 to 35 days. So spreading things out, you don't want to call somebody, you know, 14 times in one week. You, treat, you have to kind of, you know, test out and see how, you know, how this works for you, how it works for the industry and the, and the folks that you're calling. Um, 
to actually, you know, pick up that phone. We've had some people though that have some of my BDRs have, you know, it's taken 33 times to get somebody to actually get on the phone. And that 33rd time someone picked up the phone and it, sure enough, it was a meeting. Sure enough, it was a deal that closed the same month. So it, it, it is that education, it's persistence. Um, and I kind of use that as my basis from 14 to 16. And then once we're done with those touches, it kind of gets circulated back into our marketing funnel. We let marketing handle it. And if there's any more hand raising from there, if they're signing up for a webinar, we might, re- you know, we'll go and reach out again. Yeah. Okay. But how did that person then uh, reach them at 33 times? It was, so it, it really was a, a persistent business development rep. So, it, <laughs> so that. He didn't want to give it, up. It, no, <laughs> there are certain times you don't want to give up. Now, the, now for him, that company, it, it fit us perfectly. And he was like, this, this company works right. It looks good. Um, I really want to talk to somebody. And so he had called, he'd gotten the gatekeeper, um, talked to the gatekeeper and kept on getting pushed off, left voicemails. But, you know, there, he was he was persistent on this one. Um, you you kind of know as, as you work and, you know, and with all of your leads that who are those, you know, those gems that stand out the most. And um, as far as an organization, what that's going to fit for your company. And this one was just one that just caught his eye and he didn't give up and he kept on going. You know, he spaced it out. So he, he did his normal 14 to 16 touches like, you know what, I'm going to keep this in, in my pipeline. I'm going to call them in two weeks. I'm going to call them in two weeks. So it took some time. But 33 touches later, I think it was a year and a half later, and, <laughs> um, and, and we got them. And it was because of that effort. You know, they, they had received marketing information from us, but it was that one phone call and finally got somebody on the phone. All it takes is the conversation and to be able to, uh, to have that voice-to-voice uh and- to change, to change your that's, mind. And that's really what it is. That's what I try to coach my guys with it is, you know, on, on the front line, when you're trying to develop new business and you're trying to educate, um, it's, it's all about having a conversation and understanding who you're talking to. Not everybody likes to get sold to, um, or sold at. So if you can have that conversation really understand, you know, who you're, who, who this potential customer may be, who this prospect is that you're talking to, that's when you really got to find a good fit. And it's not just, you know, I'm selling them something to sell something. It's I'm actually selling them a product that's going to help their business grow and, or, you know, or help them work more efficiently. Yeah. This is what I always try to coach is that uh, salespeople are not, a good salesperson is not a salesperson. It's a consultant. Yes. I'm here to help you. I agree 10,000% with that. Yeah. All right. So how do you handle the handoff? Like when does the SDR guy hand it off to the sales executive? So after, you know, after all the work and effort goes into getting somebody in the phone where we talk to that person, sometimes, you know, the person's like, you know, this is not a great time. Call me back in three months. This is my buy-in cycle. Um, call me back at this time or this time. Um, we educate them. We, you know, we, we ask, and that's the best thing I think you can do is pretty much ask them saying, Hey, you know, this is, you know, I would love for you to take a deeper, you know, dive conversation with, you know, my account executive who, you know, has a, a greater knowledge of our product. And we really want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're both a good fit for each other. Um, I, I want to set up this meeting for us. Um, when would be a good time for that? You know, and just asking that question. You know, I think that's what most people don't do is they just don't ask. And so we just ask. We'll set it up. We try to set up as soon as possible. Sometimes it's as quick as I'm available now and it's handing my phone over, you know, to somebody else to hop on the phone or it's later that week um, or it's a month from now, depending on everyone's schedules. And we just set that meeting up and 
you know, when that date comes, take it from there. Interesting. Okay. So what do you do? What are you looking for when you're hiring a, an SDR person? Yeah. So I have, you know, SDRs from all walks of life. Um, some people have done it before. Some people, this is their, their first job. Um, and what I really look for is, is someone who's really coachable. Um, you know, I think sales is something that, that can be taught. Um, there is, you know, some knack to it. If, if you're an outgoing individual, um, you, you're well-spoken, you know, you're, you're very inquisitive, um, and, and you, you want to help people. So, but I, and my first thing is, is, you know, is this person, is this person, someone who's going to take coaching well, um, who wants to be coached, who wants to learn this. And that's my, my biggest, you know, first attribute. And then it's how hungry are they? You know, um, you know, I'm going to give you, give you an opportunity. Um, how hungry are you to, to, to learn and, and to dive in and, and just to really, you know, sink your teeth in and just take that coaching and go. Um, so those are my two big, you know, attributes. And like, like I said, you know, people from all different walks of life I've, you know, hired over the years and, you know, I've, there are people like from car salesmen who've been some of my best, you know, you know, reps to, um, you know, bartenders who have come in and have just slayed it. So it's, you know, you, you really can't, I think with this kind of position, just kind of say, Hey, you need to have all this kind of experience. I think a lot of that is based on the person, their, their personality and how, how willing they are and wanting to be coached and, and if they want that career. Yeah. All right. Now you said that, um, Wow, and it just dropped my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Uh, you said uh, before that it's somebody that's yep. hungry, that you want somebody that's hungry. Can that backfire? I believe it, it, it can backfire. Um, it, it all depends on, I, I think, on the industry itself. Um, you can have someone who's maybe too eager um, and is, you know, just wanted to pick up the phone and get out there and just start, you know, hammering away, which is awesome. And that's what you want. And you can kind of re like rein that in a little bit because you want to make sure that, you know, when, depending on your audience, that they're talking to them the right way. If you're selling, you know, maybe if you're selling more of a commodity or something like that, you, you want to get them out there. You want to start hammering the phones and, and sell that, that particular product. Or if you're selling, you know, more, you know, of a software, you know, like a SaaS software as a service, you know, you want, um, you know, someone who can be a little bit more consultative um, on that sale. So you can have somebody that, that is a little too hungry and you might have to, to reel them in a little bit. Um, and if they can't be reeled in, then maybe it's not the right fit. Um, I haven't, you know, and that's all starts with the interview process. I've yet to really, you know, run into that all too often. Maybe one or two folks in my time um, in hiring have been, you know, a little too aggressive for the industry that I was, I, I've been in. Um, and then that's fine. Um, you know, it's yeah, it, during the interview, they sounded great and that they they're eager to go. But it just that this the company that you're hiring for might just not be the right fit for that individual. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. All right. And how do you tell if uh, if somebody's coachable and not just feeding you what you what they think you want to hear during the uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very tough, <laughs> you know, uh, just because if you, you can have great interviewers who come in and they just, you know, they, they can lay it down on you. And then the minute you get them, you know, ass in seat and, and on the phone or something like that, they're just like, no, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> and it's that, that makes for some tough conversations. Um in the interview itself, I like to see who's, you know, 
who, who's done their homework, who's, who's come in and, you know, learned, you know, learned about the organization and learned about myself. Um, and it, you know, that goes into the hunger, but then, you know, when, when you're talking to them and you're asking certain, you ask certain questions, you, you, you want to see if, you know, are they um, a student of the trade in itself as well? Um, I love people who listen to podcasts and who read books and, you know, who like study sales and um, are, are really passionate about it. And, you know, that's how I, I you know, I can kind of pick that out to see who's who's really into it who hangs out with salespeople on the weekend because all their friends are in sales so they they're they're really eager to learn and, and understand you know how are they going out themselves to try to find information about how, how you know about sales how to better themselves and sales how to break into the industry itself um those are the folks that i think are, are the most coachable um but still people get under the radar and and they can come in so you know it's it's always a crapshoot in in some degree um i've you know, I like to pride myself on that. I've done a pretty good job at, at interviewing everybody. Um, I also bring in other people on my interview process. So it's not just me. I'll bring in um, an account executive to, to come in and, and talk to somebody. I'll bring in another director of sales to come in. And then I'd like to bring in my VP of sales or my CRO to come in and actually, t- you know, talk to this individual. So that way, you know, it's not just me if, you know, that's asking questions and interpreting these answers. You have a couple other people and then you, you just meet and kind of get everyone's opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, the best because you could you could be blinded yes. quite easily. Yes, so you definitely can. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You said that, uh, you know, if somebody did the research mm-hmm. on you, uh, this is something that I've always done as well in hiring is ask them, you know, what, what's their typical process uh, when reaching out to a prospective client and then ask them, what did you find out about mm-hmm. me and, and see, see if they've actually spent the time. Do you, how much weight do you put in on something like that? Not too much. Um, it's like extra points. Um, you know, you kind of, you know, I've been doing this for a while. I've been sales in a while. Uh, I'm not super old, but I'm not super young either. Um, so, you know, how I interviewed and things like that, a little bit different than I think some people interview today. So they might have done, you know, looked you up, you know, on LinkedIn because you can see it pop up. You're like, okay. And maybe they've done a little research, but not a ton, um, but if they have, that's almost like bonus points. If 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 they've looked me up and understand who I am, um, I would you know, you know, I I would hope like I always do this. I hope that they they that they look me up because if you're going to come work for me, like if I was going to come work for you, Adam, I'd want to know everything about you before I went in to make sure I'd want to work for you, not just the organization. Um, so, but not everybody does that. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it, it's a little bit, you know, I think different nowadays, you know, from even there, there, you know, I've noticed a trend of people coming in, not with a paper resume because you're, you know, you have LinkedIn, you have all of the, all of these new tools that are out there. So I don't fault people for that because it's, you know, this is 2018, this is the age of tech. So, um, but if you do do some of the, you know, some of those older things and, you know, that's always a bonus point for myself. I have to say, I, I think in the last year, I've never seen one paper uh, resume come in, come in during the yeah. interview process. It's, <laughs> it's, it's always hysterical. me printing it. Yeah. I'm the same way. I print it out because I keep my notes on it. Um, and it's funny when, when we do do rounds of other people coming in, um, you know, they're always like, they didn't bring a resume. I'm like, that's the way it is nowadays. <laughs> it's like, come on. Like, we have it all electronically. I can pull it up on my phone and sit right in front of you and talk. So Yeah, yeah very much. All right. So if you've hired somebody now, 
what's your approach to training them? Yeah. So, I mean, training is, it's an interesting, interesting thing. So I, I've yet to be at a organization where I ran teams that had a formalized training process. Like I've gone into it and they've already had a formalized training process. So it was usually just me making up the training process. Um, and so I needed to learn everything about the organization, about the product. And so that way I could really, you know, spread that information, um, over to, to my new hire. Um, so, you know, I like to take, so what I usually do is I take the, the first month that they're there and try to get them as fully immersed as I can. Um, and meaning like the first week is I like to sit down with them for the first week so I can really understand them even more. Go, you know, make sure I'm answering all the questions that they have, understand how, you know, how they learn. Cause everybody does learn differently. Some people are more visual. Some people, you know, will just, you know, you can talk to them, they have to listen and that's all they need. Um, and so the first week I'll sit down, I'll really go through everything with them. We'll start, you know, do big overviews of, of everything. And then from there on out, I like to, you know, kind of um, immerse them into the team. And, you know, I've also been lucky enough to work at places where the teams have been amazing. So our account executives and all the other BDR, SDRs have really take, they really take everybody in as somebody new and part of the family. And, you know, help help them grow. So there's a lot of, you know, one-on-one listening. So listening to phone calls, listening to demos and webinars and things like that, and listening to the whole sales process. So that way they can understand all the new lingo. Um, it's, it's all about all the new buzzwords when you're coming into it and, you know, learning how to actually, you know, sling those buzzwords and, you know, make yourself sound as good as you can, um, as well as, you know, be as, you know, as knowledgeable as you can in a short period of time. Then at the end of the first month, I just, I like to get somebody on the phone. I think the best way to learn is to fall on your face as much as you can. And I want them picking up the phone. We'll, we'll, we'll cut a certain list and, you know, may, maybe it's a list of, of leads that we know, you know, we've tried a million times and these are all gatekeepers, but, in, you know, I want to see how you handle it, you know, and just build your confidence up as well. And, you know, that's really what, you know, I think, you know, needs to be done, especially for someone who's never done it before get all that lingo, kind of take it all in. You're going to learn from the fire hose. That's great. You're probably going to forget three quarters of that because now you actually have to pick up the phone and you're going to be nervous. So you might as well dive right into the deep end, take all your licks, and then it's all going to start to come back. And then, you know, constantly, you know, listening to other phone calls, listening to, you know, account executives make their, you know, do their demos, listening to other BDRs make phone calls. Um, I do a lot of group um, teaching as well. So, I like, I have a, a bunch of different pods of BDR. So I have team leads and they have, you know, um, a whole like, you know, three BDRs underneath them. So they all work together. So they'll all go into a conference room and everyone will take a turn making phone calls and helping to, you know, critique each other. And then I take each group and once a week we sit down and we listen to our phone calls as well. So that way we can critique each other and kind of, hey, this is a good call. This was a bad call. And that, you know, it, it can be cringeworthy, but that's how you learn. And that, you know, really immersing yourself in it and just learning that way. Um, it's worked out, you know, so far fantastic for me. Um, and that's how, you know, uh, it just getting them into it and just, face, you know, face first right into that deep end is I, th- I think you got to get at the quickest ramp time and also make sure that, you know, you've hired the right people as well. Yeah. I, I agree with you. What you said about mostly is about the uh, getting them to fall on their face as many times as you can. That's yep. the, for sure the quickest way for them to learn and, and gain their confidence. 
Exactly. Confidence is key with, I think, in sales. Um, you know, they might be very outspoken, but when you're doing something brand new, you're definitely going to be nervous about it. And, you know, so it's, you know, get out there. It's okay to mess up. We're all human here. The person on the other end of the phone is going to be like, wow, that was just a, that person called me. I've had a horrible phone call and that's it. Um, so the more, the <laughs> yeah. more you can do it, you know, the more it becomes organic and then it's the more it's a conversation that you're having. Yeah. All right. Let's take a step uh, backwards a little bit. Uh, you you talked about uh, that you have BDR, but you also have channel sales. Correct. What are channel sales? So we have so so channel sales is um, we have a series of partners. We have groups of partners out there um, who pitch and promote our product. Um, this particular organization, we have a referral channel pro, um, um, program. So we go to a lot of trade shows and we and we meet different organizations who are selling. Um, a, a product that is compatible with ours. So, you know, for here, there they might be selling an ERP and, you know, our product matches up with that. We work with that ERP. So there's a need. What is that, ERP? An ERP, that, that's, um, that would be, you know, in, in organizations like enterprise, uh, I'm having a hard time remembering the, the acronym of ERP, but kind of like Microsoft Dyn, um, Dynamics, Sage Intact, that's where they're storing all their financial in, financial information, um, their human resource information, things like that. And our product latches onto that. So we're, we're, we're kind of an add-on um, onto that piece. Um, and so they might be selling, you know, a Microsoft Dynamics and there's a need for our our product um, ERP is enterprise resource planning. Uh, so it's integrated <laughs> management of core business processes, often in real time <laughs> and, and, and mediated by software and technology. And, you know, like you live on it, you live in it every day and you say the word so much, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's an ERP. <laughs> and you yeah. just forget what it actually boils down to. So our product matches up with these. So we're kind of like an add-on or like an app, if you will, in an app store. And, um, and so we find people who are selling these these larger systems that an, an organization will use to run, and we fit a need. So uh, organization I work for is budgeting, planning, and reporting. And so if their customers need that particular you know feature set, um, they might recommend us, or they'll they'll bring their customer to us. And then what we do is we can register that deal, so that way that that particular person found that deal. So they're out there, you know drumming up business, finding business, they bring it to us, say, hey, we have a customer. We have one of our clients who we've been working with for a decade that actually needs your tool. We love to, you know, for you guys to come in and, you know, with us and, and pitch your product. And so for that, that customer gets a referral because they, they brought it in, they brought it to us and we work together to, to, to close that deal. And, then, and so we're helping, you know, a whole other audience that we might not have helped before. Um, so there's, you know, thousands of partners out there that, you know, that, that, that we work with. Um, and we also work with the ERPs themselves. They have marketplaces. So it's just another way to, to get the name out there and develop, you know, more business. So it's just another avenue, um, you know, of, of business coming in. 
Okay. So most of them are just referrers though. So they're not actually handling any of the sales cycle. Correct. No, uh, we have, you know, we have maybe one or two um, partners that handle the whole sales cycle, but you know, for, for this particular organization, um, we, you know, we have a whole consulting team that goes in and really, you know, gets under the covers to, to sync everything up and align everything um, to work with our product. So we like to handle that because we're the expert of our product. Um, And so, which it works out fine for our, partners because they're the expert of their products and that that, that that they're selling. So we can just team up together and have a great partnership and go out there. Okay. So what, besides bringing the, the client to you, is there any other value that the partner brings to the table? Yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, 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 you're finding more out, um, from the industry itself. So it's, it's, it's like having a whole entire network, um, you know, just like a whole networking group, if you will. So you, you got to learn more about, you know, what are the trends out in the marketplace? What are people seeing? What are people doing? Um, you know, you know, just in the industry it, itself, you know, what kind of things are people looking for to handle or to solve this particular problem? Um, you know, is it, you know, are they are they going you know are these is is this other product really you know filling a niche or is like right now people are, are worried about you know something else instead of what you're selling at the moment so you you know you can get your feelers out there other than your account executives and your BDRs who are touching everybody at the same time and and learning about you know your industry and marketing learning about the industry you have a whole you know army of folks who are out there working you know with you together and you know in, um, exchanging information back and forth. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, that answers my question directly. That's uh, that's a lot of value. Yes. Uh, if you use it, if you use the data correctly, exactly. It's a lot of data, and you know, and you have a lot of different you know resources and a lot of different folks who fit different needs and niches and things like that. So, um, but it's it's huge for you know understanding what's going on at all times in the marketplace. Okay, so let's say I'm a new company uh, and I'm just starting out. How would I go down the path of getting channel sales? Um, so, yeah, so it's, you know, it's understanding a, your marketplace is, you know, how you sell. Um, is it, you know, is there a network already available to, to kind of jump into? Um, you know, there are, you know, there are different groups there, are, you know, different avenues to actually look into that. So there, there might be a well-established, you know, partner community already available. Um, so you, you know, can actually dive into that. You can, you know, you can find these different networks and, and things like that. Um, there's resources that you can find online for, you know, different avenues. Um, I used to be in the um, AV world, so antivirus world. So we had a, you know, a huge channel, you know, partner um, program. And that was, it was this whole, you know, infrastructure in itself. It was very impressive. And that was my first time ever being opened up. I was like, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing. And it's, you know, who sells what to who. And it's all about networking and reaching out there and talking to your customers as well, depending on what you sell. Um, you know, maybe maybe you bought, you know, your computer not from, you know, you didn't go down the street to Best Buy or any kind of computer store. You bought it from a company like CDW who um, sells everything to everybody. And you, you know, you're a new vendor. I'm, I've just sold you something and be like, hey, you know, like, where do you normally purchase your things from? Oh, I, you know, usually go to this person or I go to this company. Um, and then you might reach out that way. So a lot of, you know, getting out there, talking to your customers at first to find out who else do they use? And, you know, and then if 
they feel comfortable using them as well. You know, hey, I want to partner up with them because they already know this individual. Maybe they'll buy more from that person. Maybe I'll get, you know, more accreditation as well if I'm working with this other company. Wow. Good. Some good information there. All right. So let's take a look back at your career. Cool. What have you learned along the way that you wish uh, you knew at the beginning? Oh, so much. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've kind of been all over the place, you know, with my, with my sales career, and I've learned so much along the way. Um, I've been lucky enough to have, to, you know, great mentors throughout my career as well who uh, have taken me in and just, you know, gone over things, um, you know, gone over things with me just about every aspect, you know, uh, of the business. And, you know, uh, I, it's always about asking questions and being curious. I've always been very curious about everything, about business, about sales. Um, and so, I mean, that's really what it kind of dives down to is just, you know, hopefully finding some people that, that will, will take in and, you know, will understand your curiosity and really kind of guide you. I've, you know, I've gone from, you know, as a kid selling Ziploc bags to, to my, all of my neighbors in, in, in my neighborhood um, and clearing $8 in one day as uh, a very entrepreneurial, you know, selling plastic bags to people um, to, you know, just <laughs> moving my way up to being a paper boy and all these, you know, and then, uh, you know, eventually getting into retail and retail sales. And then, uh, you know, um, selling commodities of, you know, just like this, you know, widgets and then starting to sell software and every industry has its own little, um, niches and things like that. Um, and it's all about the great people that are in, you know, all those businesses and finding awesome people to work with. So, you know, I've been lucky. I kind of have always worked with some awesome people and it's really, you know, helped me along the way. So if anyone was looking for something, you know, you know, what I've learned is to pass on to anybody is just try to find a great group of people to work with or a great person to work with and, and, and learn as much as you can. And sometimes you go from one person to another person and that's just how it works out. Um, but that's what it's really, you know, I think it, it, it's all about as, as you progress and learn. Yeah, that's kind of uh, you're setting yourself up uh, to find these people while interviewing as well, because you're saying you're looking for those people that are coachable and and out there reading and listening to podcasts and developing their career yep. already. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, you you, you got to find the people who are you know who you know who, who you want to be around and learn from, and then also have fun with. I mean, you're you, you know you, you're working all day long, so you want to have some fun and you want to learn. And you know, if you can find great folks, man, it's it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah. So how do you find these, uh, these folks, these mentors? I mean, that's, you know, it's tough <laughs> um, or, you know, it, it, it's tough or maybe it's not. So I've lucked out. Um, and, you know, it's, I've, every company I've gone to, I've, you know, there's, you know, one or two people, even other like reps that I've just, you know, latched onto, we've gotten along real well and learned. Um, I've learned from them and, you know, hopefully they learn from me as well. And, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of these people. We've all kind of moved up the ranks. Um, so, you know, as you're starting off, you know, it's trying to find, you know, people that you can relate to who have the same kind of drive as you that want to go the same way that, that you want to go. So if you're, you know, BDR on the floor and SDR on the floor and, you know, you want to move up to an AE, you know, scan all the AEs, who are the best AEs, who, you know, who's, you know, the best to work with is fun, who wants to coach, who wants to spread their knowledge on. And then, you know, 
that's just going to lead to another connection and another connection. And once you can find that, that first connection and, and you work with it and you work with them and, you know, they're going to introduce you to certain people as well. And then it's all going to kind of start to snowball. So it's just networking, um, being yourself and really trying to, if you want it, it's, it's out there. So you got to go get it. You got to keep on talking. Um, you might land at a place that doesn't have, you know, like anybody that that's a great fit for you. So maybe you don't last very long there or maybe, you know, you love the company, but, you know, there's, you know don't find a mentor. You, you go on LinkedIn, you, you go to networking groups, you know, in your in your city and, and meet people that way. Uh, so you can meet like minded people. Um, and then that's just kind of, you know, helps to blossom it all out. And then now all of a sudden you have your own little team of people that you're going to call for advice on certain things throughout the day. You know, it might be a sale. It's like, I'm going to call this guy who works at this whole other company, but I don't know how to handle this sale right now. <laughs> and he's my friend and I think we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I, I think networking is, it's a small world, especially the the tech world. It's a mm-hmm. Networking is key, and that's the quickest way to progress your career as yep. well. 100%. Great. What are some uh, some mistakes you've made? None. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I, you know, like I... I might have, you know, done things too fast and got ahead of myself. You know, I've, you know, I've left companies that maybe I've left too soon. Um, you know, so I, I, I didn't give things, you know, patience might not always be my best virtue. <laughs> that I'm, that, that's something I work on on, on a daily. Um, but, you know, so you know, definitely, you know, maybe leaving here too soon or, or not taking enough shots. So, um, you know, not putting myself out there enough, not doing a certain, you know, not going to the, these networking groups or not talking to these, you know, individuals because I'm having an off day. So I kind of, you know, you, you kind of hide in, inside yourself. You got to take, you know, all the shots. You have to, you know, go out there and just do it. Um, and I, you know, I probably could have advanced my career and learned more even faster than I have um, by, you know, not being nervous, not being inside my own head and, and going out there um, and just putting myself out there. And definitely times that I, I wish I've done more. But, you know, you, you live and you learn, you learn from those things. And, and nowadays it's, you know, I'll walk into a room and be the first one to run around shaking everyone's hands. Um, so as long as you're learning from all, any mistake that, that you've made, you know. It, it, it's it's a worthwhile mistake. I think that's uh, good advice for life, not just sales or Ex- leadership. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's all the same thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Corey, we're we're running out of time, and we haven't even gotten into the sales uh, the sales side. So maybe <laughs> we'll have to do a a two point Definitely. But uh, if. Is there a, a way that people could reach out and uh, and contact you? Yeah, I mean, so one of the best ways, if everyone wants to reach out, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. So my name is Corey. It's K O R Y Wagner W A G N E R. So you can you know search me on LinkedIn, or if you ever want to shoot an email just to get in touch. And you know, I love to meet new people. I love to talk about sales. I love to learn new things. So you can reach me. It's Corey K O R Y dot Wagner W A G N E R at gmail dot com. Um, love to talk about business. This is just what I do. I have a passion for it. So, and I don't, you know, claim to know it all. So I'm still looking to learn some more. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To contact Adam about consulting services or speaking engagements, visit startupsalespodcast.com or email startupsalespodcast at gmail.com.
Good. Five questions uh, to to finish things off here. Yeah. What is your favorite sales or leadership book? Um, so I have two books that I've currently just read that I've just fallen in love with. Um, and I think for sales, it's Fanatical Prospecting from Jeb Blount. And the other one is Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And I just think they're, they're phenomenal books that you can learn a ton from. Excellent. Uh, do you have someone that you follow uh, for sales or leadership ideas? I followed you is it you know someone a human or like on, on books or social media or <laughs> you know somebody that you're stalking down the street well, that, that will do you know, fine. plenty of people <laughs> um you know to, to you know i've worked with some great people so i think i have i have a great network of people that I, that i follow um you know just on a personal basis so it's you know i learn the most from the people that are around me because they're learning the most too from the people around them okay and if you had to tie it down to one name so in, in, in real life, the one name would be John Murdoch, who's actually my, my chief revenue officer at this organization right now. Um, he's, you know, he's been the best, you know, to, to, to work with as of recent. And we've just been, you know, tearing it up together, um, learning a ton from him and having a great time. Excellent. Uh, are you available 24-7 or do you have uh, strict personal time boundaries? I do have personal time boundaries. I have a family. So I, you know, I'm married. I have two beautiful little boys um, who are eight and six. So, you know, um, I, when I get home, I, I try to, to uh, you know, focus on my family. There are times they all fall asleep. Maybe I'll answer an email here or there, um, but then wake up, get them out the door in the morning. And then, you know, I'm back at work. It's interesting. You're the first person that I've uh, I've interviewed for this podcast that's said that they've got strict time boundaries. It's it's definitely tough. Um, to, to, it's tough to do it, but you know, you, I, you know, I love my family to pieces, and um, I need my time with them. It, it's precious. It's precious time I'll never get back. You know, the Absolutely. my boys are growing, and it's blink of an eye right now. So I want to make sure I'm, I'm there for as much as I can. Well, this is what we are working for is for them exactly. So. Good. What is your favorite tool used for sales? Um, so right now, um, I'm new into the tool. It's been this year that I've had it, and it's been Sales Loft. Um, it's been phenomenal. Um, and we spoke a little bit about it before, and I just think it's a great tool. I started using it this year, and it's it's really easy to use. It's a ton of fun, and we're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of output from it and just a lot of good business coming from it as well. Excellent. Last question. What one piece of advice do you have for all the founders, CEOs, or sales management out there? Um, it's all about the people. So it's all about the people that you work with. It's about the people that are on the floor who work for you, or you know, I like to say work with you, not for you. Um, it's about your organization. So no matter what you're selling or what you're doing, you want to make sure that everyone that's on your team you know, is, is there doing the right thing, that they're happy, that they're healthy, wealthy and wise, that everyone's successful as much as possible. Cause you know, it's not just you who drives the company. It's not, you know, you might be, you know, the head of it all and are making the tough decisions, but it's, it's everybody else that helps along the way. So, you know, it's, it's an organization is a living and breathing thing. So it's all about the people that work in that, in that organization. Great. So, so no rotten apples. No rotten apples. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, thank you very much for joining us. Adam, thank you so much for having me.